How does your brand convey your business's personality? For me, as a running a social venture, my brand is represented through authenticity, caring for the people that I'm interacting with and dealing with on a daily basis. The service that I'm uh, putting together helps to uh, empower students and helps to re-engage elderly experienced persons. And I hope to represent that through the way I deal with all the people I speak with and, uh, and that to come through in that. Well, my brand and business, I guess, is essentially in one and they both convey my personality because I'm quite creative and enjoy helping other people and seeing them succeed. So as a personal development and business coach, that's sort of what I do. I help others succeed, help them grow, and that's a reflection of myself because I love helping others. That just really makes me feel fulfilled. The business that I work with is a tech startup. We're pretty young, we've only been around for a couple of years and we're really building out our team at the moment. Uh, and it's something that's very front of mind for us and that we're very conscious of and working on at the moment. Um, I think it all starts with culture and people uh, and that's definitely been our priority to start with at least, yeah. For We Teach Me, this is the Masters Series where industry professionals share their secrets to business success. I'm Serpil Shenelmish from Written and Recorded. Somebody asked me recently if my business was me or if it was a brand of its own that could continue without me. It's a tough question and I'm looking forward to getting some good advice from our two experts as we look at building a powerhouse brand. Nathan Chan is the founder of Founder, the magazine and digital resource for self-made entrepreneurs. He got his big break after winning an interview with Sir Richard Branson. And I'll never forget, it was like late at night, I tracked back the head of Richard Branson's PR and, you know, I remember telling my friend that I was living with at the time, like, be quiet because I'm going to go pitch Richard Branson. So I run to my room, like I just called her up, I just was like stumbling and I was so nervous. I gave her my pitch and she said like, look, please understand, like we get these requests at least 10 times a day, shoot me an email, I promise I'll at least get back to you. So I shot her a really good email and then yeah, he ended up saying yes and we did that interview. We'll hear more from Nathan soon, but first, Stephen S. Getzes, founder of StephenSGetzes.com, naturally. In this fireside chat with We Teach Me's Wayne Lewis, Stephen says you really need to get inside the head of your customers if you want them to take action. So my background is digital marketing. I've got a few different companies and one of them is where we run monthly digital marketing events. So everything is all about learning how to build a sales funnel and acquire customers online, uh, you know, lead generation, taking them through that whole process of a cold audience, someone you've never met before, warming that lead up, turning them into a customer and ascending them through your, your services to make as much money as you can off them in your business. Straight out of high school I built this app. Um, help people get into nightclubs and that was kind of my first business idea. Believe it or not, it actually did pretty well, surprisingly, but I went out one night, I was like, well, I want to get into this nightclub, I don't know a guest list, it'd be cool if there was an app where I could just find one. So we built this app and it worked. We got like 10,000 downloads from all these different nightclub owners and patrons and things like that. And after a while, we kind of hit a glass ceiling and then once we hit that glass ceiling, I was like, well, what do we do now? This is like digital marketing 101, I don't know anything about it. So I went into the world of Facebook advertising and Google advertising and sales funnels and boosting posts and all this kind of crazy stuff. 
And that's how I ended up in digital marketing world. And I ended up liking that a lot more than the app world. So I stayed in it and became head of content marketing for a company called ClickFunnels for a few years while doing a lot of consulting at the same time and now building a lot of our own marketing funnels and helping lead generation for businesses around Australia as well. So, mm -hmm. With the app, can you give us a bit of an insight as to some of those hurdles that you came across yeah. in those early days? So with the mobile app especially, like I had no idea what I was doing. So if anyone's going into marketing or starting a business, it's pretty overwhelming. You don't understand how to spend your money effectively. You put your money into like a Facebook ad or something like that you just see the ad spend go up and you don't see any results. You don't see people actually buying. So for me, the biggest hurdle was actually understanding how do I get someone to become a paying customer on my platform or for my service before interacting with them? How do I get someone who I've never met before to actually give them my money, give, give them me money, have them give me money? Um, third time lucky, I know it's a tongue twister. But yeah, so that was the biggest hurdle for me. And I guess to figure that out, I realized that, you know, there's two things there. So it's sales and marketing. And I think a lot of people confuse the two because sales is face-to-face -face closing a sale. So actually taking someone through the process of you're a qualified customer, now let me sell you something. Whereas marketing is the process of warming someone all the way up to your offer and then they're actually already sold because they've seen all the messaging that leads them to your offer before you even got there. So I thought that was really fascinating because it's a lot of a less pushy approach. Most people think sales is a lot more pushy. Um, and I thought, you know, if I can do this at scale, then there's a huge opportunity here for any business I want to build. It doesn't have to be an app. It can be a website. It could be, a, you know, a service-based company, like a removalist company. It could be anything you want. If you understand the mechanics behind marketing, then you can go into a business and blow it up at will. So for me, that was kind of the biggest hurdle. And that's how I went about solving it, is just looking around what is marketing, diving deeper and deeper in. And then I realized that to get that actual understanding, the process is called a sales funnel. So it's actually putting someone through the top of this funnel, teaching them about your product, warming them up, and then eventually they become a customer and then breaking that down. So that's what I ended up going in and learning. Mm -hmm. So some of the clients that you're working with today, mm -hmm. is it your main role to understand those customers' needs before you start working with them or how does it work? So, I mean, different clients we work with have different data available to them. So some of them like are starting brand new, some of them have email lists and Instagram followings and all that kind of thing. So if you've already got some sort of data available to you, let's say you've been in operation for a little while or you've got some customers and some leads, but you, know, you don't have a ton, you leverage what you've got to make the next step easier so you can start targeting new customers. So for example, if you've got like an email list of past clients or past customers, send them an offer, you know, give them a, a free voucher or a 10% off code and say, look, we'd love you to answer these questions. Just keep it very low barrier. You know, what's the number one challenge you're facing right now in your business or in your swimming lessons or in whatever the product is? And actually go through those answers and structure and see where, you know, what are people replying? What are those answers that are coming up over and over again that you can start tackling when you start targeting new customers? So they're actually giving you all the fears and frustrations, their issues, and you're just reusing that in the content when you're gonna start advertising to them. So that's what we'll do with a client. We'll find out what they've got available, and then we'll go and take it away and start leveraging that when we wanna start finding new clients. If you're starting from scratch and you don't have anything, it's always good to go out and either partner with someone who has a following in that space, or start running some test traffic and going face-to-face -face asking questions. You've got to kind of get that face-to-face -face response sometimes to really get the insight into you know, what they're thinking and what they're going through. And what tools are you using for data capture? We use a few different things. So for our email list and our CRM, we use a tool called ActiveCampaign that does all our email management and CRM. 
for surveys, type form's pretty good, where you can do quizzes and surveys. If you're starting something mass market from scratch, a little hack of mine is using a tool called Google Consumer Surveys. You can actually go through and ask some questions, and Google will put this as an ad over pieces of content on websites. And for people to access their content, they've got to answer this quiz. If you're starting like a, a beauty e-commerce store, you can say, are you female and interested in beauty? And then yes or no. So anyone that hits yes will go through another five more questions. Anyone that hits no is disqualified, and then they don't answer the questions. So you only pay for the responses that are qualified, and you can start getting some data like that. Mm. Uh, so that's a really easy way to do data collection. And again, if you don't have resources or an email list, Facebook groups is a really easy one. We started doing that recently for ourselves, for one of our brands we're launching in the pet space. So we wanted a logo and we're like, well, what logo do we want? What's gonna resonate with people? Someone who owns a dog. So we had four or five different logos. We went out, we posted it to all these different dog groups. And the one that I thought was never gonna win, won. And it came up again, 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 again. It's this stupid little dog like lying on its back. And I was like, it looks like a dead dog. Like there's no way like this thing is gonna win. And it just crushed it. Like they loved it. So I was like, all right. That's what we're gonna go with. Like, it looks ridiculous, but yeah, you don't know. Sometimes like the, your target customer isn't you. So it's just about picking up that piece of information. But at the end of the day, like digital marketing, it comes down to three things. So it's talking about having the right offer. You've got to have a high converting offer, an offer which resonates with your audience, an irresistible offer. So that's probably the most important part. The next is your target customer. You've got to make sure you're crystal clear about who your target customer is and how you're gonna reach them and where they are. If you don't know who they are, you might have the best offer, but if you're targeting the wrong people, they're not gonna respond. And then the third thing is the messaging, your copy. So if you're actually targeting the perfect person with the perfect offer, but your copy sucks, then they're not gonna take action. So it's gonna be just like a dead campaign that had, you know, had legs on it, but at the end of the day, it's not capturing, it's not gripping enough to convert. So make sure you've got really tight copy, hell of a really good offer and your targeting is on point. If you get those three things, it's a home run every time. And how do you see the future for Australia for not just digital marketing, but businesses as a whole? I think it's thriving. Honestly, every single time I speak to someone who's in business, uh, online, offline, brick and mortar, whatever it might be, right now it's easier and cheaper than ever to start a business. With contractors like Upwork.com, where you can go hire anyone from any country for dollars an hour. I think the, the wealth of knowledge out there on the internet is so vast that everything's at your fingertips. There really is no excuse not to be able to start a business and just keep plugging away and grinding through it because there's so many free events, there's so much free content, there's so many blog articles, there's so many different pieces of information out there that you can go and learn from. I just think it's gonna get bigger and bigger and more and more competitive as well. So I think you have to have your hand, you know, your, your hand on your pulse or finger on the trigger. I can't remember what the thing is, but basically you've gotta, you've gotta be paying attention because at the end of the day, if the guy next to you is running the same company or something similar and they're doing that, then it's just going to crush you. So I think we're thriving, but you've also got to be an active business owner. You can't be passive. If you're in a startup and you want to just do your, the minimal work, you're going to very quickly find out there's a lot more to it if you really want to scale something quite large. So what are you thinking down the line? Down so, the line? Yeah. I mean, I'm involved in a bunch of projects, but for me personally, we're working in a lot of lead generation spaces. So online lead generation for different service-based businesses. And I've got another company where we build media properties, so big content websites, thinking like you know health.com or a lot of those where it's just content, content, content. So I run a couple of those websites and we just see the potential there is really big. A lot of companies who are 
for example, the dog one that we're starting at the moment, talking about targeting pet owners and giving them information about how to be a better dog owner and we're bringing experts in to help them with that. We're seeing companies who, like all these pet food companies and all these dog walking companies and all these supplemental products that linking to that industry are really looking to partner with these authorities and you know, people who are providing value first rather than just the product. So I think if you can provide value in your business, no matter what it is, just content in whatever form it is, whether it's video, blog content, podcast, whatever that medium is for your audience, that's gonna really capture their attention. And that's how you're gonna, again, build the brand. I think providing all that content up front, and that way by the time they hear about you and work with you, they're already pre-sold in their head. So I think content's just gonna get more and more important. Content is king. Content yeah. is king. Guys, can we have a round of applause for Stephen S. Getzitz? So the key to successful digital marketing is a three-step process. Number one, have an irresistible offer. Two, be clear on your target customer. And finally, make sure that the copy in your messaging is exceptional. After all, it will decide whether your customers take action or not. Thanks for all that, Stephen. Next, we'll meet a man who went from struggling to get a job to having tremendous influence and learning to think big. Masters series is presented by We Teach Me. Is it too early to think about Christmas? Why not learn to make gifts such as soap, robots, or Christmas wreaths? Get the jump on the festive season at weteachme.com. This podcast is produced by Written and Recorded. You can give your brand a voice and personality with a podcast that really speaks to your customers. Let your brand talk with writtenandrecorded.com. And now, back to the podcast. Thanks, Ad Guy. Nathan Chan didn't have much of a work history behind him before he took a leap of faith and started Founder Magazine. In this fireside chat with We Teach Me's Wayne Lewis, Nathan says the growth of your company is a reflection of you as a founder and how much time you're investing in learning and networking. I'm an avid listener of your podcast. Oh, thanks, and mate. The first line that you always open up with is, How did you get your job? So <laughs> I'm going to ask you that same question if you don't mind. How did you get your job? So I just kind of fell into it. It's funny. I've been doing this for five years now, and I look at all these people that want to start a business and they have all these crazy, wild dreams of raising capital and building these big businesses. And for me, I started Founder because no one would give me a job. My first professional job was in IT support at an accounting firm. And then um, I moved across and started working at a travel company called Intrepid Travel. And um, I did a master's of marketing and still no one would hire me to do marketing. So I saw there was an opportunity to disrupt the publishing space, creating a digital magazine. And at the time I was interested and curious around entrepreneurship and business and I thought, what better way than to create this magazine around business and everything that I wanted to learn and read because I saw there was a gap in the marketplace to produce content around entrepreneurship and business for more kind of early stage founders and aspiring founders. And I just started it on the side. I remember actually taking that magazine, like the first edition on the iPad 
taking it to job interviews and still no one would hire me. <laughs> After a couple of months, it was pretty clear to me what I wanted to do and how I was going to grow this thing. And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. How did you get some of the early wins on the board? You know, starting a magazine is a blessing and a curse. The blessing was that I didn't know it at the time, but a magazine has a tremendous amount of authority. When you talk about like building out media properties, having a magazine is tremendous for influence. And I just kind of stumbled across that. And if you wanted to start a magazine today, like, you know, a lot of people would say you were stupid. Same back then. A lot of people told me I was stupid, but I was really naive, right? And, you know, I didn't have any money either. So I kind of had to be super resourceful. So to answer your question, I worked out very quickly that having a magazine is amazing for getting cut through and actually getting in the door and getting in front of people. And the first early win was I got an interview with Sir Richard Branson, and that was for issue number eight, but I pitched him for issue number four like when I was four months in. I'll never forget, I was, you know, still at my day job and I was at a share house with one of my mates in McLeod and I'll never forget, it was like late at night, I tracked back the head of Richard Branson's PR and, you know, I remember telling my friend that I was living with at the time, like, be quiet because I'm going to go pitch Richard Branson. So I run to my room, like I just called her up I just was like stumbling and I was so nervous. I gave her my pitch and she said like, look, please understand like we get these requests at least 10 times a day. Shoot me an email. I promise I'll at least get back to you. So I shot her a really good email and then yeah, he ended up saying yes and we did that interview and that, that was a really big win because I took that interview and I gave it away for free. I gave that particular magazine edition away for free. And that was something that I learned that when you're building any kind of brand or building an audience, if you want to build that audience, you want to lead with something that's really good that you could easily charge for. But if you give it away for free and put it out there, you can do a few things. One, you can provide value up front and you can build your audience. But two, with that magazine and having Richard Branson on the front cover of a brand that nobody's ever heard of, it's tremendously powerful for building influence. That was definitely a big win. Another big win was I just was lucky that I stumbled across the business model of selling recurring subscriptions and that just kept building and it was just building, 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 building. You know, a lot of people, when they start a business, they don't think, oh, okay, I'm just going to sell subscription. That was really powerful and still is today. I'm very, very passionate about recurring revenue. So on the podcast, I've noticed yeah. that you're looking for that advice from some of those founders about how to scale and how to build teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you build a very, very big company or something of true worth and value and significance through having a great team. There's no other way about it. You can't do it off your own bat. I think you can build a business maybe to a million bucks or a couple of million, like pushing it max by yourself. But once you want to get past that, you really need to develop a keen eye and skill set for identifying talent, recruiting talent, fostering talent, and really allowing people to do their best work at your company and really fostering that team. So that's definitely something that is a common thing that a lot of people don't think about. The accomplishments now of founder is not a reflection of just my work. It's a reflection of our team's work and we have an incredible team, which is that's how you can scale is, is through hiring tremendously talented people. And it's really tough. 
when it comes to hiring great people, you want people that are, I think, super hungry. You want to create an organisation and environment where they can do their best work. Getting paid is one thing, but being able to fall in love with the work is another thing. One thing that I've found really powerful to attract great talent to want to join Founder is our vision. I say this not sparingly, but I truly believe that the work that we're doing at Founder, our content, everything we put out, we have the potential to create the next Elon Musk to like shape the future of our generation because all these young kids, when they go to learn or they want to learn about entrepreneurship and they you know, type in Google, they're finding an article from Founder, they're listening to a podcast, they're watching one of our videos, they're doing one of our courses. And you know, to be a part of that, that's pretty exciting. That's what you need to focus on when you're scaling and building your team. Nathan, you're super passionate about building a powerhouse brand and can you just share a little bit about how you went about turning your brand into a powerhouse brand? Yeah, I am particularly passionate about building brands from scratch, especially if you've got no money. You know, there's three key components that I believe are the key elements and ingredients for building any brand, especially online. The first one is having a great product. You look at all the companies that are winning and that have great brands, they tend to be the ones with the most superior products. Like if you wanna win in business, you have to work towards having the most superior product in the marketplace. And that kind of goes without saying, but for some people they try and cut corners there. So that's number one. So for us at Founder, it's our content. Anything that you see us put out, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a video, whether it's a blog post, whether it's one of our courses, whether it's one of our magazines, a book, you name it, anything we put out, is a very, very strong product and it's good. The second key component is, and this is a form of unique selling proposition in of itself to differentiate yourself, is great design. So I'm very, very passionate about having great design in whatever you put out there. So if you look at all the top startups, one thing that is very, very common, they all have tremendous design. Like it just goes without saying. And the cool thing is with design, because of technology nowadays, you can actually get incredible design at extremely low cost. Like you don't have to go to these ridiculously expensive agencies locally. You can go to a website like behance.com or dribble.com. You can find an amazing designer from Eastern Europe Obviously, you can take advantage of the economy and pay somebody a really cost-affordable rate here in Australia or US or whatever and find somebody in Eastern Europe and you can get incredible design work. And I think that is so important. So if you look at anything we put out there from Founder, the design is impeccable. It's really, really strong. And when it comes to great design, the things that I think about is it has to be cool, it has to be funky, it has to be fresh. And anything that we put out there, we want people to see it if they're glancing and they'll take a second look. It's gotta be really cool. And that's something that can be achieved when you're starting from scratch with not much money. Obviously a great product, you've gotta build a great product. And then the third one is having ambassadors for your brand. Now it doesn't actually have to be kind of, you know, you've gotta deal with them, but you need to be able to align yourself with them in some way, shape or form. So we don't have, any official ambassadors per se for founder, but we treat the people that are the rock stars of our industry in the entrepreneurship and business space, we get them on the front covers of our magazine 
and some of them we have testimonials from and we put everywhere all over our website like if you go to the homepage of founder.com you'll see a testimonial from Gary Vanyachuk, Damon John, Marie Folio, all very well-known people in the industry in the space that people are just like wow these guys must be legit you see the founder covers we use those to show these people as almost ambassadors for the brand. So if you can really elevate your credibility and authority, that's how you start to really cultivate and develop an amazing brand. That's really all it is in those three simple key steps. And this all can be achieved even when you're just starting out. The thing you just have to remember is you have to be prepared to spend that little bit extra in investing the time in creating a great brand at the start. So I'll never forget when I was trying to design the first edition of the magazine and it was ridiculous. I found the first designer and I got him to design up the whole magazine edition and it cost 200 bucks. And I was just like, ooh, that's a bit of money. And I dropped the 200 bucks, didn't have much money. And then I found this other designer who was just a hundred times better than the first designer we worked with. And I was just about to launch the magazine. And I found this second designer, incredible guy, and I spoke to him and, and I showed him what we'd had. And I said, yeah, how much is it gonna cost for you to design our magazine every month? And, and he's like, it's gonna cost you about 600 bucks. And I was just like, man, there is no way in hell I can afford that or pay that. And I'll never forget, this is like one of the best lessons that I learned about branding. He said to me, Nathan, I know it might seem like a lot of money to you is probably out of your budget, but if you can invest in design early on when you're starting your business or building your startup, at the early stages or at the very start, you might not see it and you might not feel it right now, but it pays its weight in gold over time and you really see those benefits in the long run. Mm -hmm. Did you go with that guy with the six hundred? Of course, yeah. man. Like I went to his wedding. He's our art director now. Like cool. he still does every single magazine edition. He's done like most of the stuff we put out there. So amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. You talked a lot about learning off other people that have been there and done that before, and that's helped you also grow the brand. Um, can you shed a little bit of light on that for us, please? One thing that I'm pretty obsessed about is obviously growing founder and we have a tremendously large vision for what I believe founder can be. And to get there, that requires taking things to the next level and scaling. So one thing that I've found from my experience that helps me get there is just by the quality of advice that comes to me and that I get and that I soak up. I've been very, very lucky along the way to get really, really good advice from where I am now all the way up back when I started, I've always been a very passionate person if I get obsessed with something. So if I meet somebody that I can help them and they can help me, I somehow tend to get a lot from that, that interaction. So where I'm going with this is, I think one of the biggest hacks there is when it comes to, and I don't like to say this, like you know, building a successful business is finding somebody that's done what you want to do and just finding out all the things that are ahead from them and just learning from them. Everything that you want to do right now has probably been done by somebody else before. 
Now you can get that advice from really three different ways. One, you can pay for it, which is something that I'm more than happy to do. And I continually double down on paying for advice, whether that's paying for your mentors, paying for coaching, jumping on something like a service like clarity.fm. And if you wanna find a lead generation expert, you can find so many on there and you can pay them $10 a minute. You speak to them for half an hour, $300, and you can know the best stuff that that person knows from generating millions of leads uh, in the past couple of years for their company. So that's the first thing. You have to be prepared to respect that person's time if they are going to give it to you. And if they want to be paid, pay them. Make that investment in yourself. The more that you level up and invest in your own knowledge and mindset and spend that time, the faster you can grow your company. The growth of your company is a reflection of you as a founder and how much you know and how much you're learning. I know that sounds kind of basic and obvious, but if you really step outside of that, if you just keep investing and double downing on investing in yourself, then of course you're stacking the deck in your favor to be able to grow your company. The second thing is really to network and meet people. I always try and serve first and ask later. I think that's really incredible when you're looking to meet people and you perhaps want to connect with somebody, put yourself out there. And then the third thing that you want to be doing around getting great advice is joining groups. And there's plenty of them out there. And just having that accountability from really smart people or people at the same level of the journey that you're at or maybe even a little, you know, it just, it's really, really powerful. And just that accountability when you've got that cadence of catching up with that group once a month and being able to say, yeah, this is what's happening now. Imagine being able to go to that group and say, yeah, I've done, I've done nothing, you know, like having that and just being inspired by others and having that cadence of catching up with that group is tremendously powerful. So they're the three things when I think that, that I'm always focused on when it comes to having quality advice and always being fed that quality advice and getting people to always test my assumptions and my strategies and looking forward on tweaking the business model, adding this line of product or turning this cost center into a profit center or or whatever it is. I love to hear this passion. You're very passionate about social as well. And Gary Vee was somebody who you looked up to for the advice on obviously growing through social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've learned a lot from Gary, um, from chatting with him and catching up with him and When you want to build a brand, one thing he taught me is you need to conquer all the channels. You can't just conquer one. If you're starting from scratch, you need to just focus on one channel. There's too many channels. You can only focus on one at a time. So for Founder, we started with Instagram. We absolutely destroyed that channel. How did I work out how to master that channel? It's a simple, simple concept. This is how I master every single social channel. You guys watch what we're gonna do with our YouTube channel. We'll get that to 100,000 subscribers in six months or less. So the concept of growth hacking any social channel is a concept of modeling, which comes from Tony Robbins, like success leaves clues. So you look at all the channels in your space. Let's say we're gonna master Instagram and let's say we run a physical product. We have a physical product-based business. You wanna study the top 10 to 20 Instagram channels that are absolutely killing it on Instagram, that sell physical products and they have a tremendous brand. And you wanna study them really intently, like 
What kind of content are they posting? How often are they posting? How often are they posting on their stories? How often are they doing their calls to action? Who are the influencers they are working with? All these different things. That's the first thing you wanna do. The second thing you wanna do is you wanna buy every single course out there from people that are legit practitioners. These are people that have done it with their own business. They don't say they're an expert and they're a guru because they say they are. They've actually built legitimate businesses themselves mastering that particular channel. That's the second thing you wanna do and you wanna soak up as much as you can. And then the last thing you wanna do is just be super consistent. High quality content times consistency equals influence. So if you just do it relentlessly, like you pump out like we have for the past three years, if we just pumped out great content on our Instagram channel and it's like almost 1.5 million followers in three years, if we just did that, we might not be at 1.5, but we'd at least be in the hundreds of thousands. So that's what you really need to do, those top three things. And then you move on to the next one. You just go one at a time and just be really, really relentless on just mastering that one channel. And that's all I've really done when it comes to social. We did it first with Instagram, then we did it with podcasts, then we did it with Facebook. Now we're going to do it with YouTube and we're focusing on blogging. We haven't mastered that yet, but that's exactly what we're doing with YouTube. No shortcuts. Awesome answer, so thank you very much. Guys, can we have a round of applause for Nathan Chan of Founder Magazine? So one of the key takeaways from Nathan was high quality content times consistency equals influence. There are no shortcuts. Thanks Nathan and thank you Stephen as well. Next time on Masters Series, Women Run the World. It's a shame that women face more challenges than men in almost every aspect of life, but it's a reality. We've already heard from some sensational female founders in this series of Masters series and we'll celebrate two more next time. Until then, I'm Sadhguru Shenelmish from Written and Recorded and for We Teach Me, this is the Masters series. <laughs>